Two's Company is a chance to bring together two women from the same profession or similar walks of life, but who've taken different paths. Their conversation will highlight their diverse backgrounds, their experiences, joys, hardships, and eventually to find common ground along the way. Hi, I'm Pia Sutaria. I'm a performing artist based between Bombay and London. In London, I do musical theatre and in Bombay, I'm the founder of ICMD India. Hi, I'm Nupur Chaudhary and I'm a pole artist, a pole dancer and a pole athlete. I have my own studio in Pune. It's called the Pole School India. As these two women sit down opposite each other for the first time, there are a set of cards next to them. Now, one at a time, they each pick up a card to ask a question. Let's find out what happens next. Pia, do you Mm -hmm. remember the first dance performance you ever did? I remember the first time I was on stage. I was very lucky, actually, but it was at NCPA in Bombay at the Jamshed Bhabha Theatre, which is even today one of like, I think it's a dream venue for a lot of people. And I was performing with an opera called The Fakir of Banaras. I was like four years old, I think. I can't remember exactly how we got on it, but me and my twin sister, we were part of that. It was amazing. So my first ever pole performance was actually online because it was uh, during COVID and I decided I wanted to compete that year. So the competition sort of was like a performance where we recorded it and then they played it live and judged us on it. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was my first competition and my first performance. So, Nupur, was dance always your career path or was there something else? Oh my God, dance was never my career path. So I was a journalist since I was 16 years old. So one week after my ICSE examination, I joined uh, the Indian Express as a freelance uh, writer. So for uh, actually 11 and a half years, I was a journalist. My last job was uh, deputy editor Pune Times. Then I switched over to footwear design. So I was in love with shoes since I was like a young child. I would wear my mom's high heels and strut (laughs) about the house. So I went to London. I studied footwear design, like a short summer course. And when I got married, I quit journalism and I started my own footwear label. Did that till 2017, till Paul came into my life and boom, I knew like that was it. Like Paul is what my soul was searching for (laughs) my entire life. That's amazing. Yeah. What about you? I feel like I've been very lucky. I had that moment of realization when I was, I think, five. Apparently, I was just a complete tomboy. And my mom, uh, when I was really little, would always say, I think you should do ballet because she says that I used to like, you know, just like walk around on my toes, but I didn't want to. So once she took me to watch this musical movie called Billy Elliot, which is about a story of a boy from like a little town in the UK where like ballet was kind of unheard of, especially as a boy. Uh, And it's the story of how he kind of goes from this boxing class, sees this ballet class across the community center and like goes into it and how it changes his life and it ends up becoming a ballet dancer and breaking stereotypes. And something about that whole story, I think really resonated with me when I was really little. And I was five when I was in the theater. I remember watching it and turning to my mom and just being like, this is what I want to do. And she took me to the only ballet teacher in the country at the time. (laughs) I started my journey pretty much then. I think from the time I started, because it was so difficult to actually get me to that class, there was a certain amount of like commitment involved in it. And I missed birthday parties and I missed sleepovers and I like just didn't really 
do anything other than what I was kind of quite madly in love with from wow. that age. So yeah. My one regret will be that why didn't I find or start pole earlier, sooner? I was having this conversation earlier actually about yeah. age and it being yeah. such an important part of like both of our I think yeah. I guess careers, right? Where everyone yeah. talks about dance being like a sport, so like having to be young or necessarily like the traditional way of doing it is starting young and then like, you know, focusing on it. And I think I feel very lucky that I did start young and that has its own kind of like positives and negatives. I've heard so many stories of people who've started much later on and I think that's an amazing thing because you start with maturity and your passion is so clear you know you approach it differently when you're an adult and I think that there's no kind of correct way to go about navigating a career in it if you're really passionate about it What is the one performance you're super proud of I just got back from a very transformational month in Bhutan and I can't stop gushing about it talking about <laughs> it. But I had a shoulder surgery, a really major shoulder surgery in February this year, and it was the first time in my career and in my life where I really thought about whether I would be able to get back to doing this like professionally and full time. Mm-hmm. And I just performed for like Her Majesty the Queen of Bhutan. And I was really scared because I was like, I haven't danced in like nine months now. But luckily, my dance partner was there, and we just decided to like go for it. And um, it was this gorgeous outdoor venue, and like Bhutan is beautiful. And you know, I managed to do like this kind of duet work with my colleague, and it was just, I think, for me, like one of the best moments mm-hmm. ever, because it was just. kind of going against what everyone said like in december when i was performing and i got injured i remember the doctor was like i think you should go back to school you should go back and study and i was very like shaken up by that because i didn't like you know really know what to do with that information but the fact that i was able to kind of get back to it has been really really special yeah it means I, so much yeah really really does yeah. i think also like just overcoming that like physical hurdle and just feeling stronger than ever actually which was like amazing it's like your body really surprises you You know I love how you said our body surprises us and uh, in a way it supports us when we need it the most. Yeah. In 22 I was selected for uh, India's Got Talent. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know I'd choreographed a whole thing for the TV round and a week before we had to go and stay there with them and work with their choreographer. So everything changed, my song changed, the choreography <laughs> changed while working with does, them. Yeah. yeah, it does, you know. And I had to do pole like 5-6 uh, hours a day for that entire week before the actual thing and my yeah. body was in pain and I was like yeah. you know I was nervous I was like will I be able to do this I remember I even called my dad and cried and said I don't know <laughs> if I can do this yeah. and he was like okay you come back no one's judging but I was like no I've come so far I didn't know if I would be able to give it my best and if I'll be able to complete my routine on the day of the performance yeah But you know when I held the pole and the lights dimmed and my music started it was just me and the pole. Yeah. You know I forgot about the celebrity judges sitting there I forgot about the cameras I forgot about everything else and it was just me and I yeah. finished the performance and I was really happy with it. Yeah. And I think all of us like who kind of do this kind of relate to that in a way right because it's so physically challenging but it's that one moment when we're kind of doing what we love and there's so much other stuff i'm sure with your studio you know administration yeah. and so exactly. many other things we do exactly. but like it's that like yeah. two minutes that we get when we're kind of just doing what we love exactly. that kind of makes it, it all makes worth it, it. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. i love that everything melts away you yeah. know and and that's what i love the most about pole because when i pole for me it's like meditation for me it's just my pole and me like yeah. you know we are one and i love that experience 
So who was your biggest support when you first started out? My husband, absolutely. When I first started out and even today, because I started pole when it was still very new in India. And, you know, he knew how much I wanted to learn this for years and I never found the right teacher and all of that. But when I did find a teacher in Bombay and when my work allowed me to, you know, drive and come here for a class, he was the one who said, you know, you've been talking about this forever. Take the car and just go. Go for it. If you love it, just continue. My mom, of course, came along with me for the class and she sat there and she was just like, wow. I love it and after class she's like you have to continue you have to do this Uh so of course my mom has really supported me but my husband is my number one supporter you know for the longest time I hesitated to even post about pole on Instagram because of the what will people say I'm wearing tiny clothes will they understand all of that Mm. but Ashwin was like, you post, if anyone has anything to say, I will reply back to them, you know. So he became my strength and he still is my strength. He's just always behind me. And I do not think I would be where I am today if not for him. Yeah, that's really sweet. But of course, my mom-in-law has been so open about it. She even came on the show with me. I'm just truly blessed and very grateful to have them in my life. Doing something different in India is always, yes. um, it has its own set of pros, but also challenges. And with pole dancing, I'm sure there have been, yeah. uh, it is a sport, I know that and I respect that. But yeah. I'm sure there's like such a common misconception about it. And what yeah. do you really think that is? And like, what do you like telling people about it? Because I'm sure you have a lot to say about <laughs> that. <laughs> so see, I will never ever run away from the fact that pole comes from the stripping community. I cannot because... I have pole in my life today because they started it. So I'm truly grateful to them. And in fact, I started pole one because I saw Demi Moore in striptease and I was like, wow, like how can you be so sexy? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was in Australia studying uh, journalism, my master's in 2008, I think. And I needed a part-time job in the first semester. I wasn't getting one. And I was like, I don't want to take money from home and I want to do this on my own. So I um, told a friend that, uh, you know, I'm just going to become a stripper, I think. (laughs) He's like, okay, do you know what they do? So I was like, yeah, they dance around a pole, you know, like half naked. So he's like, okay, let's go to a strip club and you see it. So I was like, okay. So we went and when I was there, obviously I was shocked. Like, okay, I cannot do this. But when I saw them on the pole, upside down, staying up there, not slipping and, you know, just being so confident, I was like, wow, like, forget you know anything else this is something I would love to learn at some point in my life you know but I was a poor student in Australia so I didn't (laughs) but uh, yeah as life happened yeah yeah, in 2018 I took it up seriously almost 10 years later I got into pole for me I think support system has always been my family I've been very lucky you know since we were little they've they've kind of taken us uh, and always encouraged us to pursue things along with our academics and focus equally on academics and the arts I think When we were growing up, you know, the class was all the other way at the other end of town. Uh, We would finish school at 3.30 and my mom would be there with like our milk and our snacks. And we would have a curtain in the car to separate like the front and the back. And we would change in the car and go straight to ballet class. And like you had to be that 4.30 sharp and do ballet class, come back home by 8 or 9, you know, from like that age. But they supported us through all of it and like really like rallied to make sure that we got the best of an education as we could. And even till now, like I've made so many detours in my career and they've been so, so, so like incredibly like 
just supportive of that. And I think it's so important to have a strong support system when you're doing something that's kind of like, you know, different. Different. Okay, what is the biggest misconception people have about dancers? The biggest misconception with ballet in India is people still surprisingly confuse it with belly dancing. I don't know how this happens. So I find myself explaining that a lot, which is kind of funny. Um, or the first question is, do you dance on your toes? Like, that's just like the... And I was like, there's a lot more to it, you know, where there's years and years of work. It's not something where you just wake up at age six and you're suddenly dancing on your toes or whatever it may be. Personally, the biggest mm. thing I struggle with in mm. India is the hierarchy of acting, singing and dancing. Mm. I've been working since I was a teenager. And so, you know, after working for that long, I walk into a room and luckily command a certain level of like recognition and respect. Mm. And I recognize what a privilege it is. But very often now I'm supporting young people and like sending them out into the industry. And it really surprises me as to how the general level of respect I would expect everyone to kind of give mm. each other is not necessarily true in all environments and I, I'm really like struggling with that and I'm really trying to rally like to kind of change that because I feel like you know at the end of the day if an athlete can get a certain amount of respect then someone in the arts or someone in dance should also get that. So with Paul like you know as we spoke about earlier like one of course is that people think it is only about stripping that yeah. is the history and there is a section of course that does that but I feel it has also branched out into different aspects like it can be an art form a sport I lean more towards the sporty side of pole and maybe the arty side as well I cannot do the exotic dancing because I think I look like a frog you know when I put on those heels and I'm struggling around the pole so hats off to people who do that so I like to educate people about this that you know pole is not just one thing it is many things. Then, of course, people think we wear tiny clothes to, I don't know, titillate men. But that is not the answer. We wear pole wear, which is like a sports bra and really tiny shorts because you need your skin to grip a stainless steel pole. I wish we had superhuman powers where we could, you know, pole <laughs> and full clothes. But you can't. You'll slip, you'll fall, you'll get injured and it's not worth it. Of course, there are options now. You have sticky leggings, you have silicone poles, which can rip the skin off. So I don't use those. So I prefer wearing my tiny shorts and using yeah. my skin and getting a bit bruised. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I also feel, especially in India, maybe, people think that pole is just for women, you mm. know. And I really want to break that because my guru, my mentor... His name is Dimitri Politov and I actually went for a pole camp to Turkey last year, spent 10 days there and my husband came along for it, you know, and he tried pole as well and he loved it. So I just want people to know that pole is for men as well. There are world pole championships where, you know, men compete in their category, women compete separately. We will also see men doing spin pole and being graceful and it looks yeah beautiful and stunning because they're so strong and they can be so elegant so when strength and grace combine it's just magic yeah so you know these are certain things that I love talking about because I never shy away from a conversation about these misconceptions because if I don't educate who will you know yeah. I'm in the field so the onus is on me to to sort of answer questions and not take offense because the misconceptions come from ignorance. Yeah. So only when we talk about it, will there be knowledge and will Absolutely. people understand? There's in general a lack of information about mm. anything that hasn't obviously existed for as long in India. And it's been a really interesting time, I think, from the time I started dancing to 
where we are today in like the arts and in dance in general in India where I think there's been such a huge leap in a sense in exposure and accessibility where now dance is you know and back in the day they would say dance is not a career but today that's not the case at all and I think that's the big kind of stereotype that needs to be broken and one of the main things I love doing is and why I'm in education is I love just like sitting in front of like groups of parents and young people who have a passion for it but they have no idea how to get from point A to point B and they also I think the most important thing is they don't know it's possible there's so many young people surprisingly even though we yes have 99% girls and 1% boys in our dance classes too it's all of the young boys from like small villages I remember I had a boy Dipesh who I worked with uh, who moved from Siliguri to Bombay self-taught YouTube you know wow And uh, within three years, we helped him apply and he's now in Europe, like professionally performing or so many of these young kids who are kind of like working hard and making this dream a reality. What people here need to like hear now is that like it really is, it's not unachievable, it's super possible and they should really, really be kind of investing in their passion if they really want to do this as a career with NMACC opening and with so many of these other venues in India kind of like creating opportunities now. It's like the perfect time to be a performer from India and uh, do what you love. Yeah. Do you have any rituals that you do to prepare yourself before you perform live? One thing is I pray because... I love that. Of course, I am a spiritual person, but I also get a bit nervous before because I feel uh, when I really care about something and I really want to do well, that's when I get nervous. So I sort of chant to calm my nerves. So when I say spiritual, I believe there's divinity in everything. So I'm just, you know, calling out to the divine to be there with me every step. So that's something I have to do. Otherwise, I feel like I'm not ready. The other thing is I have to warm up like crazy. That is a ritual. So without that, I would not touch the pole, whether I'm performing live or even just training by myself. I think for me, like show days are kind of almost like sacred. Yeah. (laughs) And I've been through quite a journey with this whole ritual thing because I feel like sometimes you can become a bit obsessive almost (laughs) where like you're almost like trying so hard to make sure everything about that day is perfect (laughs) so that your show goes well or whatever. So I've had my own like, you know, experience with that where now I've kind of backed off a little bit and I'm relaxing about it. The physical preparation also like the warm up is crucial. I just don't understand. I still see dancers going on stage without warming up. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, man. (laughs) Respect for you. But I think, yeah, the physical and mental part of it, both. And as I've grown older, especially the mental part of it has become a really, really important aspect of performing. And I get really nervous, by the way. I feel like there's this misconception (laughs) that people are like, oh, you know, when you do this after like 10 years, you don't get nervous anymore. I was like... I admire you. Hats off to you for not doing that because I feel like I get as nervous today as I did, you know, back in the day. I can manage it better now maybe. Mm -hmm. But the nerves are still there uh, very much. And I think they're a good thing as well because I think that like, you know, it's what kind of also is the adrenaline and the the push that you get. You care about it, like you said rightly. And it's been interesting to see how as I've grown older as well, though, I don't take that nervousness on stage. I'm a big promoter for like age being like a positive thing in your performing career, not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I do actually before I train or if I'm performing is I hold my pole and I talk to it. Yeah. 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 I have to. I I, I keep telling it it's you and me. It's you and me. It's not just me. You know, we have to work together. So we do that with our partners. It's like we find it really important before we like run onto stage, like really just look at each other Mm -hmm. and like find that complete like human to human connection. connection. 
because you have to like work if you're working with anything whether it's yeah. a prop or a person yeah. or whatever yeah. it is it's an important part of what we do and i think it changes the quality of what we do and what we share as well how do you think social media has changed the way people perceive your dance form instagram has been like just really interesting for me i still feel like i haven't quite figured it out something i really value about it mm-hmm. is i feel like i've been very lucky to kind of stick to what i believe in in that sense from a very young age i've frankly been very often approached to because like i said the, the usual trajectory in in a place like bombay is okay you're someone who can kind of perform so you should kind of act and i've been lucky to be presented with a lot of opportunities to do that as well and have created a lot of confusion as to why i've not taken those opportunities in a sense mm-hmm. and now i'm a lot more open to it but back in the day i think it was because i said this is what i love and this is all i really want to do and i think instagram and social media in that sense gave me an opportunity to very um organically just like mm-hmm. talk about what i did and somehow create a kind of niche space for myself where people suddenly kind of started appreciating that in that sense i'm very grateful for it but i often find myself wondering when this is going to kind of fade out it constantly feels like is this going to last forever like this whole social media thing one thing i think has been amazing about it is like all the students i work with i feel like they are able to like learn so much more of these like little videos and like learn about how other dancers all over the world kind of work and function and study and i think that that kind of exposure is very needed in a country like india where we don't sit in an opera house or we don't go watch the ballet or watch like you know classical music or whatever it is that you need to that kids abroad like even if they're not in the arts every christmas they'll be watching the nutcracker for example whereas here we don't have that so i feel like that is also invaluable for me i think social media's helped pole a lot mm-hmm. to get it out there what pole is about the different styles that are there and um, also you know what i do with uh, my instagram is i'll always write what i'm doing and sometimes i'll give like these mini tutorials and stuff like that so i have people from different fields like calisthenics or other sports saying like you know you're actually explaining what the move is and now we're understanding the transitions and then they appreciate it for yeah. the level of fitness needed the strength and all of that yeah. and i also feel you know somewhere people are seeing also the similarity with malkam because i've done malkam for a bit as well and i've posted that and then i've posted poll and i've always talked about the similarity so they're like oh, okay this has been there in our culture before only the size is different or you yeah. know the material is different and stuff like that yeah. so i love that i'm able to sort of educate people via social media and it's really helping with poll and people are seeing so many students now posting about yeah. poll you know and i feel each student gets a boost from the other like okay if she can post i can post too i don't need to hesitate to put it out there yeah. and that's helping you know uh, so people are seeing that it's coming into the mainstream yeah so hopefully you know poll will be accepted even more thanks to social media with the kind of at least dancing and performing we do specifically that i also i'm a bit of a classicist and i have a bit of a problem with the amount of like quick fix like reels that are going out there mm. in dance especially like i feel like i personally have not taken to like trying to educate people like as in like teach ballet through mm. instagram primarily because i feel like i think it's a classical dance thing i don't know but there's no yeah. shortcut to kind of learning yeah. an art form like that and after spending years kind of investing in your craft it gets a little bit disappointing sometimes to also see like what is trending 
I think I asked myself the question, what do people really want? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like what are they looking for? And social media can be a bit confusing like that for me where like now I feel like it's influenced so much as influenced like choreography, like in Bollywood movies, like now there's a hook step in everything. Exactly. There's like, and that has come from like TikTok culture mm-hmm. and Instagram culture and like this mm-hmm. kind of thing of everything should be accessible and easy. So we find as dance teachers and educators that like people don't want to commit to coming to train anymore. People want to just do one workshop, take a reel and that's it. It's been a huge pro in a lot I of know. ways and created a lot of access, but it's also... I find it personally a little worrisome. Being a dance performer, you're bound to get injured. What's the worst injury you've had and how did it affect you? Like I said, I came from a zero sports background. I was the kind of girl who had an excuse note for games lessons in school and I would sit on the side because I hated any sort of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Gym was boring for me and I had this notion that being thin and slim is fit. Right. Yeah, and then... Pole came and broke all those myths for me. But unfortunately, I think it was three months into my pole classes that I hurt my wrist. So my um, ligament snapped and my bone popped out of place. This happened in class and I had to drive all the way back to Pune. And I didn't know this had happened. Okay, I just felt like a lot of pain and my hand swelled up. And I drove with one hand all the way back and I came home and I was like, oh my God, this hurts. So I was like, okay, I'll rest it. The next morning, it was like a balloon and I couldn't move it. So I had to go to the doctor and um, I went to this hand surgeon. He was great. He sort of explained to me what had happened. Then he said, what did you do? So when I said pole dancing, he was like, if you do unnatural things, unnatural things will happen. Don't do this. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, you know, I've just found something that I absolutely love. Mm. And then... Someone from the science background is saying that I should not do it. And so that really affected me mentally because one, I knew nothing about injuries. But of course, and I met a great physiotherapist and he knew about pole. He knew that, you know, it was pole fitness. It was, you know, great workout. And he's like, don't worry, I'll get you back on the pole. You know, so he instilled that confidence in me and we worked together. And I also used that one year off to sort of educate myself about anatomy and about what could go wrong and you know how much does the sport need from me and how do I prep for it yeah so I took one year off because I started gym I started resistance training I started strength training and physiotherapy at the same time Mm -hmm. you know I got stronger and then I got back. back to it That's something that I'll always remember. And I even tell this to my students, you know, about why they need to do cross training. And why you, if you love pole, you need to put in the work to be good at pole. The simplest way I always say it is like dance is like it's a sport. It's like if you're training for the Olympics or you're training for your national, I don't know, whatever badminton team, you would be putting in time. You'd be training, you'd be strengthening. You just have to approach it the same way. But none of us knew this growing up either. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me as well because I've just had two shoulder surgeries in the past like six, seven years now. Learned a lot about my body, about, you know, like some things are just genetic as well. Not It's not your fault sometimes that uh, these things happen. And just honestly, more than anything else, understood the importance of having the right support and the right people like get you back Every time it happened, my shoulder dislocated was always like a peak performance time for me. And it was very disheartening because anyway, getting to perform professionally as a performer from India was challenging enough. I have really fought hard to like get myself there. And so every time something big was coming up, the fact that I would get injured like was a huge blow to me. 
I'm a very stubborn, <laughs> resilient person. So when I was younger, I would just push through it and just kind of, you know, like say I'm going to do it anyway. Now I can't and don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think the challenge of managing that mentally, because again, here everyone's usual response would always be like, just let it go now. It's time to do something yeah. else. Or I still remember my first surgeon. I don't think he understood what kind of dancing I did, right? So he would just be like, ha ha, you can just, you know, put your hands up like this and you'll be <laughs> fine. Like just the lack of information and like navigating all of that and kind of now hopefully overcoming it one final time. If there is one thing you could change about your industry, what would it be and why? The two things actually, the education system that we have in general in the country and have more performing arts like integrated within the education system primarily because I think it is transformational for young people. I think the arts can like really change a life. But two and the most important is funding. And it's a privilege obviously to be in a country that supports the arts and is able to support it like, you know, not just like in a small way, but really, really like understand the value of what performing arts can bring to young people and just people in the community in general. There is a lot of money in general that can be directed towards the arts. It's just that we need more people kind of trying to direct finances into performing arts. Because at the end of the day, the only way the industry can really thrive and grow in an artistic sense, not in a commercial sense, is if there is support for it. I think with Pole, it's in its niche uh, stage right now and it's slowly growing. But one thing what I have been seeing happening is... I'm seeing few people learning the art form for a very short time, not having your basics and technique on point, not being able to refine their movements as much, not having understanding of, you know, how different bodies work differently and they start teaching. Teaching, oh. You know, that's yeah. going to lead to so many injuries. You're spoiling the foundation for another student because when they either go to a better teacher or whatever, they have to unlearn what you have taught them yeah. and then work that way. So I see a lot of technique knowledge lacking. Recently, I had a student who came to me from a different city where she's trained with two other people and then she's like oh but it just worked now I was like yeah it's magic it's called technique <laughs> yeah. you know I think it's so important not to rush into teaching of course it's growing everyone wants to learn and be like oh I'm going to be a pole instructor but it's so much more than just knowing tricks yeah. or routines it's about understanding how to convey that knowledge you know yeah. like tomorrow if I have to teach you or I have to teach another person I have to know that your understanding is going to be different from that person so how do I communicate it differently how do I cue you differently and yeah. I see all this lacking, I'm seeing the big rush for people wanting to teach, but lacking the base for being a good teacher. If we can manage to have a layer of teachers in the yeah. country that can really not just dance well, yeah. but also be able to educate well, exactly. then the next generation is taken care of. And there's a big difference between being a good performer or a good dancer and being able to teach. Yeah. If you know, at least with dance or with performance, I feel like people who are able to study perform and then teach and have that career trajectory are able to share so much more with young people who want to do the same thing rather than the people who kind of do six months of training and then start teaching because it's just a matter of experience and when you skip that important middle step then you know you're not really able to impart what you need to and it's one of the main reasons I took that step in my career and I moved to London is because I felt like it was the only chance I could give myself to really grow as a performer and I said if I want to train people to perform 
I think I need to like know how to do it and I need exactly. to know what the life is like and I need to understand the challenges that come not just with learning the art form but also with doing it on a daily basis yeah. because it's a huge responsibility exactly. to educate. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced in your field that people are not aware of? It's been a challenge and it's also been a huge in a way freedom for me. I've never had like a mentor or anyone to kind of guide me along the way in that sense or someone whose career I looked at and went like that's what I want or that's mm. you know exactly the person I want to be or the kind of career I want for myself. I think I've always been really clear that ballet was what I wanted to do and that's been a driving force. It's been amazing, you know, kind of all the things I've done. I started with ballet when I was five. I did it till I was 15. At 15, you know, I realized that I couldn't perform professionally in India. And at the time, no one was willing to help me figure out how to go abroad. And st no one even said you should be training in like a full-time ballet school. Like I didn't even know that was an option or that's something I should be doing. And then I was told it was too late. And so then kind of switched over to another company that did more jazz and musical theater because I was like, at least I get to be on stage, you know. Mm -hmm. But just like making that independent decision age 15 is kind of and, and having to do college and school. Then I started a school like at the age of 22, you know, it was a very scary thing to do as well because no, I didn't, you know, really take any help from anyone. It was self-funded, self-started, all of it. Navigating that again without anyone kind of guiding me through that I think like primarily I felt like a lack of of that in my career and I wish I had it but in a sense it I think taught me to like kind of like trust my own instincts which have been very strong through my life so it's made me much more confident I think in that sense to kind of go with anything I've decided to kind of do <laughs> I remember at 25 my school had been running for three years already. It was actually doing well. I was known as a ballet dancer in India, which really was my dream. And I felt so blessed. But at the same time, I remember just standing in my studio and thinking, is this it? Like for me, like, because there's no one above me for me to kind of feel like, where do I go next with this? And I decided to leave. I got an opportunity to study in the UK and on a scholarship. And I was like, should I take this? Is this going to be my next step? And everyone was like, this is crazy. You've just built something for yourself in India. Why would you leave? And I decided to go anyway. <laughs> so grateful that I did that as well. It was the right decision. I know that yeah. now. Now... I feel like I'm ready. Like I was like, I've done every daring thing I possibly could. <laughs> given up things, built things, you know, done it my own way, performed, taught. And now I remember like a few months ago, kind of turning to someone and just being like, I think it's time I find someone to mentor me now. I need to like reach out to people and just be like, I need some mentorship because I really want to do more. It's nice as well to know sometimes have a sounding board and yeah. I've just never had that. And I really want one now. So for me with Paul, I think the biggest challenge has been getting people to respect it because I think that's lacking in people's mindsets. They just don't view Paul as an art form or now maybe a little bit, yeah. but at least when I started off, it was not like that. And uh, for them, sometimes it could be just a vulgar dance, they may term it as, oh, bar dance, ye to bar dance kar rahi hai, you know. So those comments have come, though they have been few to me, but I know other polars also who have gotten horrid comments. Even now, some days I'll get 
contacted by like event people to do like performances and sometimes I have to turn them down because I don't want to be polling at this rich wedding where uncles are just gaping at me or whatever you know I want respect for my art form so I always tell them you know when it's a cultural show when people are there for the art to appreciate the beauty of the art then I will do it yeah you know so I think that's my biggest challenge to get people to respect poll of yeah. course now the people around me do I think they appreciate it because uh, they see my journey, they see how tough it's been, they see how many hours I've put in and worked so hard. And I think the respect for poll now comes from that appreciation. You know, one thing I'll always remember is uh, one of the judges at IGT, he said that, you know, today you uh, have done Punya for Pune, you know, so you've done something really good for Pune and everyone watching the show is now going to view poll with respect. And that's when I broke down on stage because I told him that's why I am here. Like, you know, I'm doing this so that people love my art form as much as I do. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like in awe of everything you've oh, done and accomplished. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. No, likewise. Yeah. Honestly. Thank you.